1: everyone and welcome to another edition of ghost chronicles international i am ron Kolick, your host the gatekeeper the realm of the unknown the unexplained and the unbelievable new england's own van helsink with me all the way across the northeastern stormy crappy atlantic ocean is the gold standard in ghost hunting (laughs) mr steve parsons good evening yeah yeah, we had a not. It is today. pretty
0: stormy. Yeah. yeah, it is a bit stormy. Yeah. I think we, we're gusting to seventy miles an hour at the moment.
1: Yeah, they hit ninety down at the Cape. So yeah, the uh, about half a million people lost power, including yours yeah. truly.
0: Our, our wheelie bin moved two feet. Yeah, what? The wheelie bin. Oh, the trash, oh, the trash can. Bin. Okay, trash, trash can. Bin. Yeah.
1: Trash yeah. yeah. I actually got attacked by one of those ones.
0: Yeah, well, you see, the difference between the United Kingdom and the United States is, of course, our houses are made of brick and stone. Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, I was going to church one time, driving in a car, and a, a wheelie bin just came out and smashed my my window. I mean, my oh, well, uh. Mirror. Well, there we are.
0: Oh, well, there we are. That's not so. Right. We
1: have a guest today, huh?
0: We do indeed, and I think we're both going to. You know, I'm always um, ribbing you about the pronunciation of the guests names well-deserved though it is well-deserved it right? is the Well, i think i'm going to struggle tonight um but i'm going to try anyway and introduce our guest um because a few weeks ago i received an email from from our guest um ah. one of you know i i get these emails from time to time from from authors uh, saying would you like to read and review my latest publication and I I often say yes, um, but many of them end up, you know, holding up the legs, the wobbly legs of a coffee table or a chair. But yeah. occasionally, once every two or three years, a genuinely useful book arrives. Ah. and And this is one of those rare occasions when a genuinely useful book has arrived. A book I am very pleased to add to my uh, library shelves. It's entitled A Short History of Nearly Everything Paranormal. And, um, oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, I liked it so much that I've been telling everybody about it. And I thought, well, let's get the author on and he can tell us how to pronounce his name <laughs> and, uh, tell us about the book. So, um, yeah, Do you want to give me a help here with the Christian name? Please. Okay. Uh, Mr. You are
2: asking the guest or the, your yes, co-host? The guest. No, I'm
0: asking the guest ah, to help us with yes. the
2: pronunciation. Yes. Uh, hello all. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Tarja Simonsen. That's a Norwegian name and I have yet to meet an Englishman or a guy from the US that will pronounce it correctly. So it's Tarja. Simonson. Taria. Taria. Yes. Taria. Yes. You would think I'm...
0: I should be able to do that because I had a DNA test ooh, t- 10, oh, 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, I have I have Norse blood.
2: I'm oh. sure you do. I have blue, pet, blue eyes
0: blue eyes, blonde hair, and I can't say Taria, but I can now.
2: Okay. <laughs> In fact, it's a modern form of uh, Thorger, which means the spear of Thor. So it's an oh. old Norse
0: name. Yes. That's oh. cool. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, Thor Very is cool. a big hero for my kids, well, the Marvel version of him anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Taria, I I mean one of the interesting I mean uh, I don't encounter many books that that have got so many rave reviews from leading academics and leading names in the paranormal field um from for example Stanley Krippner, who describes it as an outstanding book uh, which deserves all the attention it can get. I'm um, I mean, just picking one at random what yes, thank you <clears throat> um first of all let's let's introduce you so tell us a little bit about yourself Right. Well,
2: uh, I'm educated uh, at, uh, from the University of Oslo as a historian of ideas, uh, which covers the whole cultural field, you know, the history of philosophy, the history of literature, the history of religion, the history of politics, the history of art. So it's, the, the, say, uh, trying to comprehend the broad cultural field and and the, say, connections and uh, Yes, uh, entanglements of of this big field. Uh, But my special interest within this field uh, has been the esoteric and occult traditions, uh, as for instance, the Kabbalah, Hermeticism, the Golden Dawn, uh, Gnosticism and uh, Sufism within Islam and all those, say, uh, traditions uh, which uh, runs a little, uh, some (laughs) meters to the left or to the right for, for the in uh, say, philosophical or religious uh, tradition. So that has been my personal, um, say, uh, what is called uh, the, my, my dear child uh, personalism. And also as an academic, I have uh, written uh, about different uh, texts uh, of uh, occult and esoteric law.
0: Now, what actually inspired you to take on such a subject? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, because this is not a lightweight book, is it?
2: You no, know, I mean,
0: there's there's how many hundreds of pages? <laughs> uh,
2: well, uh, it's 540 pages all in all. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a brick or a tome, or what do they call it? In, in it is,
0: uh, it is indeed quite a tome. I was um, somewhat surprised by the thump when it arrived through the letters. <laughs> but I mean, I, you know. Can, There isn't very much um, to say I can say about the book. Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't read all 540 pages. But then I don't think this is a book that is used in that way, is it? It it strikes me as I I, I remember when I emailed you um, Mm -hmm. that um, Ada Goodrich Freer, who is one of the founder members of the Society for Psychical Research, had produced um, almost a gazetteer of the paranormal back in the late 19th century. And it's still very relevant today and one of the most useful books. Mm. But I have to honestly hand on heart saying I'm not blowing smoke here that this book stands alongside that um, as being potentially one of the most, if anybody is interested at all in the paranormal, the occult, um, the new age practices uh, the New Age religions. This is a book that should be on people's bookshelves, uh, and it's actually really simple to read. It's not written in that academic mumbo jumbo that mm. that makes a lot of these books so impenetrable and therefore unread.
2: No, I, I've tried to. You know, uh, they say as uh, uh, if you want to write a book, you should write the book that yourself would want to read, but has not been written yet. So I try to do that. You know, I like anecdotes, uh, and uh, but I also like uh, that there should be substance to things. So I have uh, started wh- uh, many of the chapters in the books with anecdotes from famous scientists, uh, anthropologists uh, meeting shamans uh, and being stunned by, by, by um, uh, the different kind of abilities uh, they uh, were able to to say demonstrate uh, also archaeologists uh, doing impressive finds based on clairvoyance uh, the military's use of psychic spies and uh, you know physicists uh, Nobel prize winners being totally convinced uh, about uh, having experienced these phenomena themselves you know so mm-hmm. uh, which really triggers the, uh, both the fantasy imagination and uh, say We like to be entertained, but uh, also I like to have, there must be substance, you know, because I feel if people, it's just into entertainment and horror and that stuff of things, you know, it's not, uh, uh, I'm still a serious scholar, you know, but Mm -hmm. I I try to be uh, both combined being a spinner of yarns and an entertainer and also still having my scientific credibility intact.
1: Yeah, I, 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 isn't that I'm sorry, Steve, but isn't isn't that the right way to do it? Because what you're doing is you're you're creating an audience that might not be interested in the more scholarly aspects, but because it's presented in the way that it is, that it's actually teaching them as well. <laughs>
2: Well hopefully uh, if if one takes a look at Amazon, people seem to be quite happy about the book and uh, as Steve also said, it has been uh, very well endorsed by some of the greats in in the field uh, guys which I respect uh, tremendously uh, and also it has won a couple of prizes in the u s you know so so the communicative aspect seems to be uh, say have succeeded uh, it's always difficult to to, to somehow uh, if you go for an niche. If you write about fly fishing, for instance, okay, then you uh, will get, uh, say, good reviews probably from those interested in fly fishing, but those interested in uh, fishing with angles or what is called, uh, they will not, they will just dismiss the whole thing. So when you try to make a crossover between, say, uh, the popular and, and um and uh, say the scholarly, then you will risk, uh, run the risk of somehow being dismissed from both camps, both from, uh, say, normal folks okay. and the academics. But in if you are lucky and also have uh, done your homework, uh, you will even succeed to reach both groups. Uh, and uh, as uh, the title of the book, uh, it's somehow a paraphrase from uh, this very famous, popular scientific book by Bill Bryson, which is called A Short mm-hmm. History of nearly everything, so I just added a little paranormal at the end there. <laughs> uh, and uh, Bill, Bill Bryson succeeded in that because he made accessible, for instance, quantum physics and, you know, strange facts about uh, the universe available to, to, to most folks, uh, even without uh, uh, scientific uh, education. But also the scientists, uh, at least some of them, liked the book quite a lot because they used it in their courses, you know. So I, I hope to do the same and also it has been compared to Bill Bryson's book on 7 Occasions where people say to me, "Oh, this just like uh, Bill Bryson did, and so on, so, so Hopefully, I will be able to not say uh, it's a Norwegian expression, uh, falling between two sh- chairs. I don't know if that's uh, w- yeah. work in English, but you know, it does. It does. Uh, okay, yeah. So I hope to say reach both chairs and not fall in between them.
0: And uh, from my perspective, this is something that I've been. Um haranguing the academics for for many many years um going to the conferences reading their journals mm. and trying to first of all comprehend what it is the point that they're trying to make or the research content that they're they're trying to convey um because they talk in this academic uh, it's kind of a
2: social extra jargon
0: yeah it's, it's a language we um I used to work as a nurse, and medicine has its own secret language that we use mm. to exclude. Um, mm. And science can be like that sometimes, either in the way it refers to subject matter or yes. um, ideas and concepts. And it, it's exclusive. It pushes people away. And it's it's refreshing to see a book that actually draws you in and is inclusive.
2: I love to to hear you have perceived the book that way because it's exactly how it is intended to work. And you know, I, I also uh, I was studying myself, you know, and uh, those lectures uh, that somehow presented uh, the the um, say themes and stuff in a vivid manner. You know, those uh, some of their say, sentences and formulations still uh, is in my head uh, 25 years uh, later. So I hope to do that. I, I want to be, uh, you know, a engaging, you know, and uh, also, yes, and also, you know, in, in the different wisdom uh, traditions uh, like uh, Kabbalah and Sufism and Christian mysticism, also storytelling is an art, you know. It is somehow conveying the deeper message. Uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's um, if you t- think of uh, the hemispheres, the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. The logic uh, traditionally is uh, thought to be, say, processed by the left hemisphere. But um, uh, the right hemisphere is for intuition and art and, uh, you know, uh, cosmic mm-hmm. consciousness and all these exp- expansive part of the mind that is not reduced uh, to, to, to plain logic. And, uh, you know, if you have an engaging story, uh, you can convey a point in my, a much more, say, convincing manner than just uh, by arguing you know i don 't want to quarrel, therefore also I have tried to written the book as it is, so it could be read by skeptics uh, as well, you know because I, I I want to somehow you know we are humanity, so I want to appeal uh, as broad as possible to include as many people as possible in the book yeah
0: does this stem from the Nordic sort of uh, great sagas this this the storytelling idea this because you know there is this tradition of storytelling, isn't there? I mean, oh, yes. does do you think that that plays into the writing of the book?
2: Yes, I think so. I have read lots of the sagas, both the uh, both Norwegian sagas and also Icelandic sagas when I was young. It uh, and there's lots of magic in those sagas uh, as well. You know, uh, so. Um, uh, telepathy, clairvoyance, precognition—you mm-hmm. uh, b- b- have dreams uh, telling you the future, and so so the sagas are a source of inspiration both for the content and uh, also b- b- hopefully for and en- Well, I was thinking
0: in- stylistically as well. You know, this idea uh, of drawing uh, yeah. the audience in and because the, the book entertains, doesn't it?
2: I, I, yes, I hope so. And I, I think so from all the older responses. Also, uh, a couple of famous novelists have uh, subscribed to, 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 to the mm-hmm. choir here. And uh, uh, for instance, Herbie Brennan, he is a working occultist, but he is also a New York Times best-selling novelist in fantasy literature. And he said it's uh, excellent storytelling. So, you know, I, I have been lucky and a bit clever with, with that. And also one of my, say, uh, role models was a Norwegian. Um, uh, he is not famous uh, outside Norway but quite famous within Norway, Andre Bjerke. He was a poet and uh, also an excellent essayist, and he also was an anthroposoph, anthroposoph, anthroposopher, following of Rudolf Steiner, this Austrian occult teacher. Uh, and, And you know, his essays were kind of, when I was in high school, I read everything about him. And he was also a very entertaining man and having, you know, programs on TV. And uh, and so so he is kind of role model for me, how to convey serious material, but in a light hearted manner. Mm-hmm. And he has also translated no
0: less than 11 of Shakespeare's play into Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, awesome. Yes. Now, I mean... It- it is a comprehensive book as well. It is nearly everything paranormal. So, I mean, there is literally something in here for everybody. You know, I mean, the paranormal is a very broad church, um, mm. you know, and just just going through the chapter list, you know, we have um, scepticism. Um, <laughs> sorry, the computer's mal- um, not scrolling as fast as I want. We've got mm. stuff about J.B. Ryan, Dream Telepathy, Gansfeld, It it covers, as as the title says, nearly everything paranormal. I'm desperately struggling though to find ghosts.
2: Uh, there uh-huh. are some in uh, the chapter three. Uh, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but um, but you know uh, that is uh, the main theme of the book is uh, psi, which is yeah. the, the fi- five basic say paranormal phenomena: mm-hmm. uh, uh, telepathy, uh, clairvoyance, precognition, healing, and psychokinesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and what say distinguish those phenomena from say ghosts and aliens and uh, spirits and so is that they seem to be a product. Of our own will and ability. So, um, but uh, you know, uh, if people uh, or beings come from the pleiades to to the Earth, that is something different. Uh, I, uh, and uh, I have the, the best of relations uh, to to both ghosts and spirits and aliens, so that is not a problem. But the book, uh, they had to put a limit somewhere, and still we. we <laughs> uh, so, so I focus, and uh, and also there is a little say edge there also, because I feel people going into the paranormal, it uh, can be a bit too much sometimes about uh, what goes on on the players or what happened in earlier lives. And, and that mm-hmm. kind of, I, I want to somehow to uh, uh, say the practical aspect of the book is to uh, make it, uh, say, appear, uh, give people empowerment, because mm-hmm. we all have these abilities, you know, because it's not a part of the ego, it's part of the collective uh, consciousness, the field of consciousness, the great cosmic field of information uh, which uh, in we all partake. So that is somehow the message. I want people to, to discover their own abilities for telepathy, uh, their own abilities for clairvoyance, uh, eventually for healing and precognition and all these things. So therefore, uh, uh, I discuss ghosts and spirits in some passages, but it's not uh, it's, it's just as an, a little aside and, and, and not the main focus. Piece of the
0: book no you do actually yes but you did um when you first contacted me you did actually um, put in a caveat saying that um it may not be yes uh, because i am predominantly interested in ghosts but you know um I, as i honestly said to you um yes it's it's an incredibly useful book Thank and you. i i would suggest anybody <laughs> with with a, an interest in the paranormal should have a copy of this book uh and it's not often in fact i don't recall ever um being that enthusiastic about a single book except perhaps my own but that's yeah. bias that's a human uh, failure. that's meant... a human weakness
2: I, uh, <laughs> I, I I love your human weakness uh, at least in this case. No but uh, thanks a lot Steve I, I, I'm moved by what you say because that is how I hope people will experience it and uh, I used several years of my life on it so it's really a labour of love you know I've given uh, <laughs> uh, the most of my soul into it in a way so so and, and also uh, you know I, I like to be a bit artistic as well I play the music and uh, write some poetry and, and so so I try to somehow as you my emotions and not just being an intellectual clever scholar but you know show engagement and enthusiasm mm-hmm. because really this has uh, this is helped me quite a lot you know it has expanded my uh, uh, horizon in a dramatic way on myself and my view of other people my view on animals my view on nature you know so it has been really a door opener to a say broader and much more say fruitful view of life as a whole and it, it's this kind of enthusiasm and also what to share with other folks?
0: Has it um, changed your view of some aspects of sci? Have you evaluate, re-evaluated your your perspective on some aspects of sci?
2: Well, it has. Uh, uh, yes, it has. Uh, what uh, already has, say, announced, uh, I'm convinced that we all have these abilities. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if there's not a special Indian or Tibetan guru coming there with his or her big uh, abilities, you know, and getting lots of followers and taking people's money and even their bodies sometimes, you know. I, I, I'm not into that. I'm, I, I want to uh, see uh, ourselves as part of this, say, big field of consciousness that we share. And it's because we participant in this field and uh, we have access to, uh, say, abilities as telepathy, clairvoyance, and so on. So it's so, and that was quite new for me. When I uh, grew up, you know, I thought it was, um, I was part of a Christian community uh, youth club, you know, and we had these, uh, you have them in the U.S. also, you know, uh, say, a preacher with big healing abilities, you know, and even (laughs) prophetic abilities. Yes, you you laugh, I understand. So, so, uh, and then it's some kind of uh, the guru syndrome again, you know, people Mm -hmm. being uh, ardent follower and that preacher and so. But I want people to discover their own wisdom that we all have. Your own higher self uh, has uh, all these abilities and and even more, you know. So that has been the great, say, recast of my view of this. It's not special uh, people with special abilities. It's uh, for all people this. uh, And that has been very valuable because then somehow you... uh, it's uh, you deconstruct this uh, tendency we all can have to to somehow uh, put people on pedestals, you know, which is really implicit yeah. uh, diminishing uh, of our own worth, uh, and also can be dangerous psychologically uh, uh, taken to the extreme. So so that has been very valuable, and also you know I have had I'm not extremely gifted within this field, but uh, some medium gifted, and uh, also my own experiences of say seeing the few future in dreams and uh, being able on some occasions to, 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 to say, uh, predict the future and read people's minds and such things, you know. As I said, I'm just medium gifted within this uh, field, but uh, th- it has been enough to convince me both about the reality of the phenomena and also, as I said, the liberating process of, of deconstructing and throwing away the, the, the guru thing.
0: I've just paused in case Ron wanted to jump in then.
2: No, I mean, you, I, I have questions,
1: but it, it, we're getting close nope. to the break, so I didn't want to jump in right now. So All right.
0: I, I, okay. I'll come well, back. We'll, in we'll, we'll in hold it. Because, I mean, I, while, while Terry, was speaking, I was just looking at some of the interesting chapters. Um, Poltergeists are covered. Even, mm. even the good old Society for Psychical Research. Now, and it's interesting because a lot of what you're saying um about this idea of just exploring self mm. is ra- is rather what the the founders of the society the spr were, were actually doing in the early days they were conducting these these remote viewing these dream telepathy these um uh by local oh, bilo- astral projection yes um with really very intriguing results and yet as as the society has become more academic, mm. a lot of these individual experiments aren't conducted mm. anymore. And mm. I think that's really changed since since JB Ryan um became prominent with this mm. idea that everything should be laboratory-based and it should be yes. repeatable and it yes. should be testable. And yet the paranormal doesn't behave like that.
2: Mm at least it's more uh, more, um, uh, more complex than that. Do you want me to comment on just that? Because it's very interesting. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, got, we've got uh, a couple yes. of minutes. Yeah. Yes, you know. uh, because what you say, um, I think also uh, we can go into that after the break. There are some stunning experiments that mm-hmm. have having been done in laboratories uh, that, uh, that definitely should be, say, uh, <laughs> uh, analy- uh, analyzed and they can be replicated and so uh but uh, the existential aspect of the paranormal as for instance the great uh, swiss psychologist uh carl gustav jung uh, talked about that is what is interesting me because these phenomena can act as guides you know as uh, it is somehow uh, just like in the adventures and um Uh, And fairy tales, where you have talking animals and strange phenomena, you know, they can act as guides the existential dimension, and that is not uh, so easily uh, to uh, replicate in a laboratory. Uh, We can. uh, I would like very much to comment a bit further on that after the break. Yeah, we're pretty
1: much up against it now. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I have questions too, but I I will also wait. Anyways.
0: Tell us who the show is brought by, Ron.
1: Yeah, because I was trying to say who I guest was, and I'm going to have difficulty. You
0: know that. A. Uh, Simonson. Yeah, <laughs> okay. great. Taria? Taria Simonson. Taria.
1: Taria? Yeah. Taria Simonson. Taria. 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 Okay. Anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Koch. Coke. Colick, right there, Ron.
0: You I can't I even do a... your own name
1: <laughs> I can't, I'm just gone today Right uh, here you at want, to It's Ron
0: Mountain Dew <laughs> Yeah, right,
1: right Right here at Toe that Parallax Radio Brought to you by Circles of Wisdom 386 Merrick Street, Methuen, Massachusetts Nicolette Messier Family, Log Room 15 High Street North Andover, Massachusetts And I have very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio And Patreon, we'll be right back after the following messages
2: is spooky, they all talk ugly, gooky. The Parrax family, the
1: shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The Parrax family,
0: they're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. of tonight's edition of Ghost Chronicles International with your co-hosts New England's Where own Van Hel- Helsink Ron Coke <laughs> Ron Coke and over on the proper side of the Atlantic the windy side today um, New, England, uh, New England's own gold standard <laughs> What doing it now. are you talking about? I don't know I don't, It's all gone wrong um, Tonight our special guest with a very special book that I'm raving about, which is unusual for me. Um, Terria Simonson, a Norwegian writer and historian of ideas. And the book that I'm raving about and which I'm advocating everybody goes out and buys a copy of is A Short History of Nearly Everything Paranormal. And it's available on Amazon um, all over the world, I guess. And there are links on the Ghost Chronicles page Uh, For you, for those who can't remember the title,
1: it's a pretty simple title. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Carrier, is there one section of the book that you really enjoyed writing?
2: I would say I, I enjoyed every section. It's nine chapters, you know, and they have each different character. So it's uh, it's like eating Spanish tapas, you know. Then you have this be- <laughs> beautiful sausages, and then you have this beautiful uh, anchovies, and you have this, you know. So uh, so uh, I'm uh, very enthusiastic about the whole book. <laughs> but is,
1: is there one one part of the paranormal that really uh, that you're really enthused about? That you know, okay. I, mm. I, I see all these other things, but this this one, whether it's remote viewing or, or whatever, it's it, it's that really tickles your fancy, I guess.
2: Well, uh, it uh, is in chapter five. Uh, there are, uh, I have uh, called um, consciousness uh, uh, the enigmatic solution to the enigmas, and uh, you know the concept of uh, uh, consciousness as a collective field. Uh, by habit, we tend to think of consciousness as something I have inside my head. I am mm-hmm. me, and you are you, and you are inside your head, and all our listeners are inside their heads. But, you know, uh, if you if instead view uh, consciousness as a collective thing, a collective uh, shared field of information, uh, and there, there I launched the concept, which I'm quite proud of, in fact. It's the mental internet. Because uh, we experience every day, uh, almost all of us, that uh, via internet we can uh, send information in a split second from here to Australia. Uh, and we can also... Uh, Download. Uh a vast uh, amount of information uh, immediately. And uh, th- that is an extremely good metaphor, I think, if, uh, for how this collective field of uh, uh, consciousness works. Because uh, people you are closely connected to, I can give you a very good example from the book uh, later, you can send telepathic emails to. And also, if you are a good uh, clairvoyant, uh, you will be able to download information, both about uh, present, uh, say, um, uh, things and uh, and uh, things bygone uh, earlier. So uh, to somehow uh, recast uh, our idea of uh, consciousness, what that is, and, and that has been very important uh, for me. And then it was kind of switch. This changes everything, really. So because then I suddenly saw myself as a node in that collective cosmic network, and not just as as an isolated subject, you know. And I think that vision also, uh, especially because it's true. Uh, uh, <laughs> that vision is also very fruitful. Uh, how would you deal with other people, other cultures, you know, and thing we have to uh, solve collectively. Uh, so so I think that vision of consciousness as a collective thing, not an individual thing, has been the crux of the book. And as I said, uh, I coined there, uh, I, I have <laughs> wanted to make it a kind of trademark, you know, uh, the mental internet, because that mm-hmm. says so much about how this sphere uh, works really, uh, or at least po- uh, uh, has the possibility to work in our daily life. Right, because,
1: y- you know, I, it's so funny because we just discussed this on Dr. Kim's psychology show earlier mm-hmm. today. And and one, and one of the things I don't believe in is past, uh, is, uh, past lives. And mm-hmm. to me, the explanation of that is that the, the person who is experienced th- is, is merely tapping into a greater consciousness. And Mm -hmm. it's it's really they didn't live those lives. But the person who lived those lives, they're they're tapping into those because we -hmm. all know that our own mental state, we can't remember everything Mm -hmm. that uh, that is given to us that we receive every day. So that that was my theory. And it explains a lot in the paranormal, this greater consciousness thing.
0: That's why you think you're a Coke bottle.
1: I know,
2: huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I discussed reincarnation at quite some length in my book, and uh, I discussed definitely the perspective uh, you are suggesting there. I, I compare it to if you go to YouTube, for instance, seeing a video with Elvis Presley, and after that, you know quite a lot of uh, his life story and even mm-hmm. some of his songs and so. And uh, it, being able to reproduce that information, uh, of course, it doesn't turn you into an, a reincarnation of Elvis Presley. Uh, right. Just being able to download information about a person having lived uh, earlier does not say that we are the reincarnation of that person, definitely. And the concept of the mental internet says really that when something has happened, it cannot unhappen. So it is there to be downloaded for the sensitive person. So so that uh, explains quite a lot. Uh, I will not go into what, you know, believe or not believe, but uh, I also uh, evaluate the perspective launched by Ian Stevenson and also So uh, he was a professor in psychiatry at the University Mm -hmm. of Virginia in the U.S. And uh, he's, say, what is called... (laughs) <laughs> when taking over the relay baton uh, today is Jim Tucker also professor in psychiatry uh, they have found some cases where there are also scars and birthmarks uh, fitting extremely well with the story about an earlier life that a child tells. Uh, for instance a child will tell he was living in Turkey in the 50s and he was shot point, point blank uh, from from the left in, in his head and so and then uh, they they go to this hospital and they found a, a, a body on file there. You can see these uh, autopsy photographers and you can see uh, the bullet going in at the left side. And, you know, this life story of this guy laying there in the, what is called, uh, morgue is it it's called, uh-huh. uh, I think. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, you know, yes. And his story fits, is totally congruent with what the child tells, you know. So those birthmark stories, that has somehow challenged my own scepticism. Well, can, can
1: I explain a little bit about that uh, to you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, well, be Before
0: you do, Ron, can I just jump in and just just for, oh, for context? No, okay, for context. Um, if anybody wants to, um, Professor Ian Stevenson uh, wrote an excellent book, 20 Cases Suggestive of Reincarnation. Mm, um, yes. And that, I think, is essential reading because it, it can dramatically change your perspective on, on, on this subject. And it's a difficult subject that, you know, that, that science has problems with
1: mm. as well as they yeah. should. And the,
0: Go ahead. No.
1: Hey, <laughs> but the, okay. So, you know, you mentioned birthmarks and so forth, but we all know that uh, Van Munchen by proxy and Van Munchen, we can, and even in some paranormal cases of, uh, of hauntings and stuff where people have physical, uh, scratch marks and so forth. Those can yes. be created psychosomatically. And mm. so why couldn't that happen if you're tapping into that greater consciousness and, and you've gotten that information that it just continues along that road? You become that person in, in, yes. in your life.
2: And also by hypnosis, for instance, it's possible yes. to make burns and scars to some extent at least. So, yes, I'm totally open for that as well. So I, I, I'm not uh, here to conclude anything. I just say mm-hmm. make possible. And also even uh, Ian Stevens, he said he said that uh, these uh, say, uh, apparently convincing cases uh, uh, do not prove anything. No. And he, uh, he said, he, But he said it makes it a likely and perhaps in his mind the most likely Uh, Say uh, explanation, but he would not uh, say, if you not agree with him, that's fine. So let's just go into it and look at what we got, and uh, people make their own minds up about it. Exactly.
0: Well, I mean, the title of the book is 20 cases, Cases Suggestive of reincarnation, not that yeah, to right. prove. Peru- now, I, I mean, exactly.
1: I have not read it. something I will, will see
0: have. a lot of within the yeah. paranormal community, however, is a lot of books are written definitively. I no, know I ghosts that. are real. I, I, know, that. That. I mm. know reincarn. I know Atlantis is real. Um, yeah. mm. And you do see that, which is mm. frustrating.
2: And, uh, you know, that is also what uh, I uh, hope to avoid in my book. I have used a questioning uh, attitude, you know. So I suggest, could it be like that? Could it be like, you know, just to spark off lots of ideas and possible roads to travel down. And uh, if I may say so, I, I was quite uh, happy with uh, the book was also reviewed by uh, the Journal of the Norwegian Medical Association. And uh, they are definitely not new ages. And they were also quite <laughs> uh, professional. Professor in medicine, epidemiology, uh, and he was quite happy with it. And he said also that very balanced account and also uh, that uh, the suggestions might uh, uh, make some of the clinicians, uh, uh, say, um, take up their own uh, opinions uh, for review in this field, you know. And that's what I want to expand our horizon and ask questions, opening for new possible ways to go, you know. Not, not limitation, but opening
0: up rather. I've just, the, the, <clears throat> ahead, sorry. I'm just... Sorry, I know you've got questions, Ron. I was just... Because listening to terrier and ourselves talking, it you know, we're, we're in this sort of realm of, you know, talking about academics and... <laughs> People might be getting the impression that we're dealing with a four, five hundred and four hundred and five hundred and forty page tome that is going to be impenetrable. And what Terrier has done, um, is it's there are nine chapters, but Mm there everything is in little bite sized pieces, you know, you you have small sections and it's so accessible, um, and you know, don't don't let any of the, you know, this put, you, you know, prospective bu- listeners, buyers um, put this put you off because this is the sort of book um, I know. I, I realized quite quickly once it arrived and I started reading through it, that it's a book that you will read, but then it's a book you will keep coming back to because it's kind of like perhaps it should also have been called a, a gazetteer of nearly everything paranormal. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a good word. Because you know it, it, it's one of potentially one of the most useful books that I think have come out in the last two decades.
1: So we put that right up Fantastic. on our shelf next to Ghost Hans Holzer's Ghost.
0: Uh, I'd put it in front of Hans Holzer. <laughs> <go>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks the lot,
2: dif- Steve, the di- the di- <laughs> Well, the
0: difference between Hans Holzer and Terrier is Hans Holzer. Well, Terrier's got real qualifications
1: right i know but the size
0: wise are about the same right uh no no well thickness maybe thickness yeah (laughs) anyways
1: it looks good on the shelf for sure uh anyways i i do have a, a couple of questions and and uh this goes back to earlier what we were talking about reincarnation and some of the the thoughts. I mean, the most. You know, the, the ordinary people find uh, mediums. They find uh, reincarnation. They find other uh, New Age aspects intriguing because it's very romantic to believe that mm. oh, we lived somewhere else. We were someone else. Oh, we can talk to uh, someone who's dead. Or, or you mm. know, it, it's very romantic. It and they will quote certain sections of things that go along with that belief. And, and that is the, the troops, but we all know that there are many truths, and mm-hmm. if we, we pick only what we want to validate something. So I, I, I have, I'm at a disadvantage. I don't have the book. So, but from what I am understanding from Steve is, is that it, it looks at all aspects of it. So it's a great uh, uh, volume to, to uh, try to understand certain uh, aspects of the paranormal.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely. As a a quick example, one of the, or two of the most common phrases that we hear bandied about within the paranormal community, um, particularly those who claim to be scientific or objective, uh, they they throw in regularly, don't they, apophenia and pareidolia. Mm -hmm. I, I would urge every one of them, that throws these words in to turn to to buy the book, turn to page 310 and then read the <laughs> next two pages because, because a lot of these people throw these words about because they've heard them spoken on television yeah. or and
1: on it, it's YouTube. the other side too, Steve, also because you have mediums that will always throw in quantum physics, oh, you know, quantum well, physics explains everything for, for mediums we, and psychics. And
0: we have and, one doing that right now, actually. Uh, Obviously not on the show, but you know, we, <laughs> okay. lo- locally we have a medium. I was, I was, is, I, was uh, I was a little po- uh, puzzled by that, but that's okay. No, lo- locally, we have a medium that's blaming everything on on Quanta there you mm. go. and magic moonbeams.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, m- m- might I just, so people can uh, get a little t- uh, taste of the tone in our book? May, um, may I quote myself just? Oh, so absolutely, absolutely, yes, yeah. yes. Um, uh, because I discussed this, uh, we, uh, as you said, the romantic about uh, aspect of be- believing in, in in reincarnation. And also we want justice, for instance, if you have a bad life, this, you can get a better one, next one. And so, uh, uh, or the opposite, you know, if uh, there has been a, uh, say, Hitler-like person, then he will get uh, reincarnated like a rat for the next uh, 10,000 lives or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so uh, that could be a, a way of thinking of uh, divine justice. Um so I just, uh, I, I just say to, 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 to give a taste of my questioning uh, mm-hmm. attitude here. But longing for transcendence or justice does not mean that it will be provided. Being hungry does not mean that there is food in the fridge. So could there be other reasons to believe in reincarnation beyond the comfort this might give with respect to our desire to continue living and uh, our yearning for justice? Or... Perhaps in some cases our desire to be Alexander the Great, heading victorious Macedonian armies on spectacular campaigns in the Near East. Or to be Cleopatra, sailing lazily down the Nile, surrounded by servants waving their fans of palms, all the while the eye of Ra, the sun god, is glowing dazzlingly in the sky above the pyramids of Giza. (laughs)
1: That's <laughs> so, I love that. But the, yes, I, I I definitely get what, where you're coming from with that, and and that's one of the things that
0: I think that we face with. with Any plans uh, for an audio book, Terry. <laughs> well,
2: there is an audio book uh, by a quite famous British actor, uh, Robbie something. I forget. He he read my book. It's only fifteen hours if people want to have it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, nowadays, that's not a problem. Most people binge watch something 15 hours long. Uh,
2: yes, and it, 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 the pandemic has been hard on, on many of us. Uh, but, you know, people working from home office and uh, or being in lockdown, you know, some of them, quite a number of them, turn to audiobooks uh, while working. So uh, I, then I, I dare suggest that my book could be one alternative.
1: Excellent. So I I know we
2: Go ahead. Yes, right before the break, I um, say made a little cliffhanger about something I would like to say about. uh, Oh
1: yes, I'm sorry uh, about that. That was yes
2: replication. I I I will give you uh, just uh, two uh, uh, say quick. examples. Uh, a fantastic uh, experiment uh, done by Professor Adrian Parker. He's an English guy. He is a professor in Sweden, uh, tenured in uh, Gothenburg University. Uh, in 2010, he made an experiment in Denmark with two twins in the light, uh, late 20s. And um, they had always experienced we had extremely good telepathic contact. But could that be just the common genetics or could be just the shared environment, you know, coding their nervous system very in a very similar way through their, say, childhood and so. So they wanted to check this, and it was just, uh, we'll just make a very short version of this experiment oh, here. Uh, one of the twins uh, uh, had agreed to get four mild shocks, and the other twin was in an other laboratory, isolated and wired to lots of, you know, uh, apparatus, uh, measuring heartbeats, measuring sweat response, you know. So you could really read the bodily processes from all these apparatus on this other twin and then uh, and uh, because they would of course uh, eliminate the possibility of cheating, uh, they had get a, a computer randomized to give the, the say, point in time when the shocks uh, were to be given, and also there was a, uh, con- uh, they were controlled by a representative for Danish police and also an English. Uh, expert in uh, lie detectors. So, uh, uh what happened? Uh, they, they gave her four shock. one of the twins. One was electric shock through one finger, cold water suddenly splashed over her feet, a big pile of uh, dishes uh, crashed behind her back, uh, you know, scaring, and the last shock was a jack in a box suddenly jumping out. And what you could see, I will just make this very short, was uh, when the one twin was getting the shocks, then the meters on the other twin in the isolated laboratory spiked. So the one twin getting the shock, it was seemingly immediately telepathically uh, communicated to the other twin's body. and. Unless you think this was, they had paid the Danish police, and they had paid and paid and paid and paid. Of course, you cannot prove that uh, like uh, 100, 100, 100 percent. But still, it seems quite convincing to me uh, when you give one twin a shock, and immediately the meters on the other twin spikes. And there has been done other uh, experiments in the same lane as well. So there's a quite respected professor Adrian Parker. I, I, yes, I know. But,
0: yeah, I, I know Adrian very well, um, but the th- the experiment comes as absolutely no surprise to me because I'm the older brother of my younger brother's right. twins. Aha. And many times when they were growing up, in fact, I remember one 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 occasion, um, one was out playing, the other one was, was in doing schoolwork. And the one in the house doing schoolwork um, suddenly came running out crying, holding his arm, saying his arm hurt. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, his twin brother... Out playing had just fallen, and fractured his elbow.
2: Yes, yeah, very good. Lots of anecdotes on that. And uh, what uh, I, Adrian? I do want Karpus... to add one
1: thing though.
2: Shouldn't they have had a
1: control subject as well in there?
2: Of course, they should. But you know, uh, there is also question about economics. And Adrian Parker will probably do many more experiments. And this is, as I said, just one of many of the okay. same type. There is another. Uh, I think it uh, was what is it? Roger uh, Dean. Uh, I think he used, uh, you know, uh, flashes of light in in the eye of one subject, you know, and measuring brainwave patterns, or so uh, I I I mention uh, say at least two or three more experiments of uh, of mm-hmm. that kind in my in my book. So, uh, but uh, that is what. Uh, these kind of experiments are in principle uh, open to replication by independent researchers. But what I wanted to uh, also get to, uh, for instance, in Norway, in uh, 1980, there was an oil rig capsized and 123 people died. And uh, there's a big catastrophe, the latest, uh, say, catastrophe of that sort in Norwegian uh, history. And uh, I uh, have a discussed with a professor doing research on that catastrophe from totally, say, normal academic criteria. Uh, And what she told me was that many of these cases, and we must remember uh, this happened before the mobile phone was widespread um, among people. Mm. And many of these people, uh, say the family of those uh, going down, uh, had experiences of dead uh, taking farewell in a kind of telepathic manifestation uh, in in the kitchen, for instance, uh, uh, with the family, with children and wife. And this professor, she told me there are so many reports about it. I cannot mm-hmm. do scientific report, uh, scientific work on this case with also including these reports. But mm-hmm. uh, clearly you cannot uh, replicate that situation in laboratory. You cannot kill people to see if their relatives <laughs> will get... Uh, no.
1: Well, in some countries
2: probably.
0: Uh, the ethics yeah. It's, yeah but the problem is always West- the ethics committee isn't it yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, our western society do not uh, does not allow for that so that is the problem because destroy Obviously, the strongest emotions are those happening with people in crisis or deep in love, uh, you know, or just giving birth to a baby or like that. Strong emotional things. And that is not easily uh, to replicate in a laboratory in a totally uh, authentic way. So that's I am very for doing like uh, Adrian Parker with lots of control system and all that. Also, knowing that the really strong episodes of these kinds are very difficult because of the very nature of the information transmitted.
1: Right. And and I know that it, you don't even have to have the death part of it because Steve always tells me of the, the case of the, uh, the, the the guy in the plane. Steve, do you remember oh, that? The, the,
0: the, the, um, trans, ca, the Canadian aircraft. Um, air yes, yes.
1: Flight. Oh, yes. We're, we're, he doesn't um, die.
0: No, but, he, but yet- Everybody on the plane thinks that they're gonna die by the planes run out of fuel in the middle of the Atlantic, they're 150 miles north of the Azores. Um, this thing is at 36,000 feet, the engines have stopped, there's not a you know, they're on, there's no fuel on board, and they think that they're gonna die. Um, they don't actually. The pilots miraculously managed to glide this thing. This aircraft mm. all the way to the Azores and land. Uh, however, during um, the crisis, the crisis, whilst this was taking place, there was a woman. The flight was um, headed for Geneva, mm. and a, a lady in Switzerland sat up bolt upright in bed, reported seeing the apparition of her. Son who was on the flight, they were due to get up in a few hours to go meet the pl- meet meet him at the airport. Mm. Um, he was standing at the foot of the bed, and she said she awoke her husband and said, "The plane's gone down. He's dead." Mm. But of course, at that moment, he believed he was about yep. to die,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and oh, in fact, wow, I so actually. I mean, that, that, so, you know, so hypo- hypothetically, she
2: perceived his fear of death. Right.
0: Or exactly. he was project or as yes. uh, you know, he was projecting um, his farewell.
2: And the, the yes. interesting
1: thing is kind is, of a pre-crisis. You know, I know apparition. you don't touch ghosts very much, but the number one sighting of ghosts and spirits it reported is, is those that have just died or, or, or are dying and they'll appear. Uh, so th- there is a connection there, but, you know, that's something you're not looking at. That's you're, you're looking Well, I, at the I'm, I'm
2: discussing that uh, related to the SPR because they did lots. Uh, they they mm-hmm. had this uh, ghost of the living manifested, uh, you know, so yeah. uh, that is. Phantasms uh,
0: uh, of the living. Phantasms
2: of the living, yes. And uh, people uh, having a crisis, uh, dying in another country, and suddenly manifesting in the mm-hmm. living room. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, People back in England, lots and lots of cases. I think they checked more than a uh, thousand cases of, of that yeah. nature. you it's the number one, so
0: Terrier. We're going to have to jump in. Where can people just? Do you want to just remind people where they can get the book from? What it's called? We've got about a minute to go. Oh yeah, yes, the book
2: is a short history of nearly everything paranormal by Terrier Simonson. Simonson, eventually, if it's uh, more easy <laughs> to remember. <laughs> yes, uh, S I M M. O-N-S-E-N. And you can buy it on Amazon UK and Amazon.com in the US. That's the most simple uh, places to get it, I think. And it's a book that that I heartily recommend. I want to thank, thank you Steve. so much for coming on the
1: show because uh, it was an intriguing hour when it flew by. I had other questions, so we we're not even going to get to them. So anyways, we want to thank you, and uh, I've got to go out and get the book now because
2: uh, I'm enthralled by it already. So anyways... Thanks, uh, Thanks a yeah. lot of Heming, and if you invite me back, I'm I'm sure to be back. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, do you have a website or anything that people can... Well, I have given some links that will be 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 uh, yeah.
0: with your they'll, program. They'll so be on the. Okay, all right. So, be,
1: all right yeah. Thank you. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. Anyways, uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Memorix Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, The Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Endover, Massachusetts. And I very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. And once again, we want to thank you. And uh, uh, I- I'm dying to read it. So good night, everyone. God bless.
0: Thanks, Ron Coke.